Welcome to day 23 of Shaped by the Word, season 3, the story of the prophets. And uh, we have been introduced in the prophets to a very colorful cast of characters. Hosea breaks our heart because he enters into his prophecy in a way that uh, few prophets are called to do. He is called to marry an unfaithful woman. And all of a sudden, it's deeply personal how loving someone and how investing your life in someone and having them uh, turn away from you and turn their back and pursue other lovers as an image of idolatry that we find in the nation of Israel. The more they've prospered under God's hands, the more they've returned to other gods and the more they've ignored uh, the living God. And so we find in the prophets these stark warnings of judgment and the judgment you know, is really harsh. Uh, Matthew was pointing out yesterday, I'm Paul Kemp, by the way, here with Matthew Kresge and Cindy Kemp. Uh, Matthew was pointing out yesterday such a beautiful description, or not a beautiful description, an apt description of idolatry. You know, in Hosea 9, where it said you consecrated, you know, these vile altars and became just as vile as the, as the very ones that you offered yourself to. And it is the f- fact that we reflect those things that we love, and uh, Israel is reflecting you know, their love for riches, their love for wealth, their willingness to um, turn to other gods if they see advantage for themselves rather than being faithful to the one who is faithful to them. So when we continue in Hosea 10 today, uh, we continue the oracles of judgment, but you find in them an invitation to return to the Lord. There's one of the richest invitations into God's grace, you know, that you'll find, you know, anywhere in Scripture as we continue. So as always, we... Offer ourselves in the moment to the Lord. It's a privilege to read His Word, even when we read oracles of judgment and they're they're a bit unnerving to us. Uh, they they do call us to remember the consequences and the ugliness of our sin. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of times we feel like you know, our sin is of little consequence or little gravity, but all sin is is rebellion against a God, you know, as a sovereign ruler of you know of of, of all of creation, but more than that is a rejection of one who has loved us deeply uh, and has given us all good things. So before we uh, read, let's, 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 let's pray. Cindy, mind lifting us up with a word of prayer? Sure. Father, thank you for this time in your word. And uh, as hard as these words are to read and, and to see, Father, we know that um, when you punish or when you judge, Father, that uh, that is a means of, of grace as you desire to have a relationship with us um, and that you desire very much to restore us to um, what you've always intended, Father, for us to be. So be with us now as uh, we read these words. Please open the eyes of our hearts that we might have understanding and love you more. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Hosea chapter 10. Israel was a spreading vine. He brought forth fruit for himself. As his fruit increased, he built more altars. As his land prospered, he adorned his sacred stones. Their heart is deceitful, and now they must bear their guilt. The Lord will demolish their altars and destroy their sacred stones. Then they will say, We have no king, because we did not revere the Lord. But even if we had a king, what could he do for us? Uh, They make many promises, take false oaths, and make agreements. Therefore, lawsuits spring up like poisonous weeds in a plowed field. The people who live in Samaria fear for the calf idol of beth Its people will mourn over it, and so will its idolatrous priest, those who have rejoiced over its splendor because it is taken from them into exile. They'll be carried to Assyria as a tribute to the great king. 
Ephraim will be disgraced. Israel will be ashamed of its foreign alliances. Samaria's king will be destroyed, swept away like a twig on the surface of the waters. High places of wickedness will be destroyed. It is in the sin. It is in the sin of Israel. Thorns and thistles will grow up and cover their altars. Then they will say to the mountains, "Cover us, into the hills, fall on us." Since the days of Gibeah, you have sinned, Israel, and there you have remained. Will not war again overtake the evildoers in Gibeah? When I please, I'll punish them. Nations will be gathered against them to put in them in bonds for their double sin. Ephraim is a trained heifer that loves to thresh, so I'll put a yoke on her fair neck. I will drive Ephraim. Judah must plow, and Jacob must break up the ground. Sow righteousness for yourselves. Reap the fruit of unfailing love and break up your unplowed ground. For it is time to seek the Lord until he comes and showers of righteousness on you. But you've planted wickedness and you've reaped evil. You've eaten the fruit of deception because you depended on your own strength and on your many warriors. The war of battle will rise against your people so that all your fortresses will be devastated. As Shalman devastated Beth Arbel on the day of battle, when mothers were dashed to the ground with their children, so it'll happen to you, Bethel, because your wickedness is great. When that day dawns, the king of Israel will be completely destroyed. And of course, this is a picture that will take place within a few years uh, after Hosea's prophecies are completed. We don't know that he has lived to see it, but Assyria will uh, overcome them, will destroy them, and will completely wipe out you know those northern ten you know tribes uh, you know that are part of it, and there will be no uh, no more kings you know from uh, Ephraim or from Israel or from those northern you know ten tribes. And it, it will be a point of devastation. You have kind of an an image of you've erected these you know calf idols, and, and they're so splendid. And, and of course, they go all the way back, you know, to the Exodus events uh, when you have the golden calf. You've erected these calf idols, and you're going to watch them be carried away mm-hmm. uh, into exile as well. So, like mm-hmm. uh, like your gods, like your people, your, your your gods. What are they doing for you? They themselves have gone into exile, and they've become a gift to the great king or the king of Assyria at this point. Yeah, that's one of the remarkable things to me. Even as we've been reading through Hosea's, I mean, God's reminded them of all the things that he's done. You know, he's mm-hmm. the one who saw them, you know, formed them, brought them out of Egypt, planted them into a land. I mean, these good promises he's made to them, and yet they've continually rejected him. And um, you know, prostitute themselves after other things, and and then here you have it. You know, God saying, "Okay, so turn to the idols." You know, and will they save you? No, there'll be offerings to other kings, and you'll you'll wind up in exile. I mean, those things that we look to, you know, that we look to for security and wealth and prosperity, and even I mean, the way this chapter starts, these good things. I mean, it's it's like rather than enjoying the God who is, you know, who has brought them. Um, to the land, you know, brought forth fruit for himself rather than enjoying him. You know, they just, they start to build more altars. They start to enjoy their prosperity, their wealth. They start to do, you know, just mm-hmm. participate in idolatrous things. And God says, and where is it all leading? You know, it's leading to destruction. Mm-hmm. I, f- I find <clears throat> in my own life and in my own heart, you know, when it seems as though my heart has loved an idol or there's something that's very precious to me that when it is taken away or it's broken or um, all the things that can happen to an idol, just that response of mourning over it, you know, is kind of telling, (laughs) 
you know, where you do place your hope or your love or your, your trust or what you're valuing. But it's such a picture here that they've mourned um, over the fact that his, it has been exiled or taken away from them. Well, and that's one of the key indicators of, you know, the things that, uh, you know, are truly our idols. Uh, you know, what happens when those things are taken away from us and our, our response. Mm-hmm. And, of course, you have the very, you know, poignant description. Uh, you know, you're going to have to admit, Israel, that uh, you have no king because you have not revered the Lord. But even if you had a king, what could a king do for you? Mm-hmm. And, and I love the way they said it. What do kings do? They make promises. They take false oaths. They make agreements. Lawsuits spring up like poison squeezes in Plowfield. If, if that doesn't sound like, mm-hmm. you know, politics, you know, as a whole, promises and oaths and lawsuits and, you know, accusations, you know, back and forth. And, you know, that is the only thing these kings have really given you because you have rejected, you know, the true king. Mm-hmm. And you have to love, I mean, the principle, right, that we see, I mean, time and time again through Scripture. But you have uh, Hosea 10, 12, and it says, So righteousness for yourselves, reap the fruit of unfailing love, and break up your unplowed ground, for it is time to seek the Lord until he comes and showers his righteousness on you. But you have planted wickedness. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and, and maybe even another way we could say that is just we're going to become what we love, you know, and... And, and that's what we've seen so far is Israel has loved other things apart from God and they've become like that thing, you know, but to find life and, and true life would be found in, in loving God. If they could just have their loves rightly ordered, you know, in kind of the words of Augustine, you know, they would find themselves walking in life. No. Uh, you have to like, you know, the, the title of, uh, you know, the popular book by James K.A. Smith, You Are What You Love and You Don't Love What You Think You Love. <laughs> uh, you know, and, and that is exactly, you know, what's taking place, you know, taking place here. And you have this, you know, kind of tragedy that uh, Ephraim and Judah, they, they love to plow. In other words, uh, they love to labor for things. And so I will put a yoke on their neck. And of course, the yoke here is, you know, a yoke of, of slavery. Uh, they'll be plowing not to have good things in their barns or the vats filled with wine. Uh, they'll be plowing for the benefit of another in a foreign land, land that's not their own. And, and so it's the portrait of slavery. And then you have him saying, you know, if you had, uh, and, and Paul makes use of this in Galatians. He says, you know, don't be deceived. God cannot be mocked. You will, you know, reap what you've sown. If you sow to please the flesh from the flesh, you'll reap destruction. If you sow to please the spirit from the spirit, you'll reap life. And that that's what God is calling to do, to sow for righteousness and, and to reap the good life that he gives, not just the good things that come from yeah. your effort, but the, the deep sense of shalom or peace or satisfaction of well-being and contentment that only God can give. Mm-hmm. And I love how that ties in um, in 12, because that it's time to seek the Lord until he comes and showers his righteousness on you. And sometimes I think we're more interested in our own righteousness that we can produce for ourselves because it even further says that we've depended on our own strength instead of really looking forward to right. the righteousness of, of God. And, and, and it would really be hard to call it a, a righteousness mm-hmm. because it is when you think of the heart of righteousness the heart of righteousness is that we are uh, related covenantally to God in a way that we're loving Him with all our heart, soul, and our strength and we're related covenantally to our neighbor where we're and I'm more concerned about their welfare than we are. And, and of course, they've ignored both of those. Mm-hmm. And, and, and righteousness here 
as it is in the Beatitudes. When you know, Jesus said, Blessed are you who hunger and thirst after righteousness, for you will be fully satisfied, is the sense of being made right with God. Mm-hmm. And, and once we're made right with God, all of our relationships uh, will be made right as a result of that. Mm-hmm. And he said, But you depend on your own strength and your many warriors, the war of battle will rise against you. Okay, there you are. You, you think uh, warriors can save you? I'm going to bring against you a roar of battle uh, that'll overwhelm uh, over overwhelm your expectations. I always wondered too how Israel would hear this this message. You know, when uh, in the message of the prophets, really, when they still considered themselves to be the people of God. Mm-hmm. You know, it wasn't like they were just saying, "Oh yeah, we've completely given up on him." I mean, they still viewed themselves as the people of God, and and yet, I mean, so I can just see so much of myself in this at times too, where I mm-hmm. tend to say, like, "Yeah, I'm." A child of God, you know, but my life doesn't match up with my profession at times or my belief. No. Mm-hmm. And, and just how did they, I mean, how did they, we know how they should have responded. Yeah. And, and of course, Hosea gave us a hint yesterday. You just call the prophet a, a madman or a maniac. Yeah. You ignore his message. Oh, he's crazy. And look around us. Everything's going well for us right now. We have all of this prosperity. How could possibly things possibly you know, go as bad as he says they're going? He's just kind of a, mm-hmm. a doomsayer. Uh, we're, we're okay. Mm-hmm. And, and, of course, everything is, is far, but okay. Matt, you mind closing us with a word of prayer? Yeah, let's pray. Father, we um, confess to you that, that our loves are often disordered, um, that we're often planting wickedness and reaping evil more than sowing righteousness for ourselves. And and Father, we look for the righteousness that only comes from you. Um, and so we ask that you would continue to um, fix our eyes on on Jesus. Would you anchor us in um, the good news of the gospel today? And, and would we be reminded um, of who you are and what you've done? And would we live accordingly to that? Um, Father, we thank you for the grace we have in Christ. Um, be with us this day. Um, would we be your people for your glory and our joy? It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen.